Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Why would you sit on a property, for example, for five years uh, to achieve um, a passive income of maybe $50,000 over that five years uh, when you could achieve $50,000 profit in the space of six months, repeat the process um, a few times in that financial year and um, really leverage that money again and again uh, to grow a lot faster? This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyron Shum and in this episode, we're speaking with property investor Rod Pascoe who discusses the secrets behind the property renovations and joint venture successes and shares the ups and downs of his career and how it all started. Originally from Sydney, Pascoe's life was heavily involved in real estate investing within the family. Grew up in Sydney and um, spent the first, I guess, uh, part of my life uh, really heavily um, surrounded by real estate and, and investing uh, due to my father and family members uh, investing and uh, being involved in real estate. So it was a, a good um, and natural start to to my inevitable career now. A typical day for Pasco begins with meditation and a healthy breakfast. I wake up um, relatively early. Um, I like to, to do some meditation in the morning and, and focus on um, my day ahead and also my my uh, mid to, to long-term goals for, for life. And um, then I will have a um, nice healthy breakfast and most days I I swim for an hour or two. Um, I like to do laps in the morning. It really clears the head and and sets you up for a a good day. Um, So I believe strongly that, you know, uh, fitness and health is is critical to um, to this this career and I guess anything in life that you're, you're trying to achieve. Totally agree. Totally agree. I just wonder, how do you squeeze in one, one to two hours of laps? Like, are you doing it in a pool or are you doing it out in in like open waters? Yeah, so I'm I'm in a local pool, um, and it, it's good in the morning because it's not too crowded or busy. Um, so it, it's a really good good space to to get my thoughts together for, for the day. And um, yeah, that's awesome. And normally after after the swim, I'll I'll come back and. Uh, check some emails, um, catch up on any um, any maintenance I need to do on current investments I'm holding, um, and then uh, normally I've got a list of, of things I want to uh, achieve for that day, whether it be organising tradesmen or 
um, some town planners, surveyors due to uh, the subdivision or um, anything involved around the, the property side of things to keep things moving. Pasco grew up in Western Sydney, but by the age of six, he was caravanning around Australia. I grew up um, around the uh, Fairfield area um, in a suburb called Bosley Park. Um, and later we um, decided to, well, my family decided to, to sell up and have a year on the road to, to travel around Australia in a caravan. So as a young uh, six-year-old, that was an experience that um, I'll never forget and really entrenched some, um, some great memories uh, in my mind for, for future life. But um, we finished up in a small town in uh, Queensland called Childers. don't know if you've heard of that, but um, it's, it's very uh, beautiful and, and rolling hills, green, uh, green fields, sugarcane, and uh, that's where I spent, the, the, I guess, the second half of my um, adolescence, uh, going to school and playing sport and doing all the things that, that young teenagers do. Does that mean then you actually lived up most of your childhood then in Queensland? I mean, you grew up in, in parts of Sydney, then you got, went on the trip and you went up to Queensland? Is that what happened? Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, we did have a short period where we moved back to Sydney, um, but I think the lifestyle kept calling us uh, back up here and um, the, the family couldn't resist the weather and, and the, the lifestyle that, that southeast Queensland offers. So. That's where, where I've been ever since. He didn't always have a clear image of what he wanted to be after high school. I finished high school, um, left school not really having a, a clear idea on where I wanted to go, um, but I, I had a passion for sport and real estate, so I knew it was either going to be one or, one or the two, one of the two. Um, so I initially tried to pursue swimming and um as you know it's it's um a tough uh career to pursue with the the early hours of training in the morning and and then late afternoon um to uh to get to the point where it's um gonna gonna be a career um so i did my best took it as far as i could go and um, realised that it wasn't wasn't going to be so. Real estate was the um, the next um, option that I I saw saw fit. Yeah, yeah, that sounds amazing. I, I think it's interesting when I, I've spoken to a number of people who wanted to pursue swimming. I've actually even had Olympian on not long ago, actually, um, talking about his story. And yeah, he said at the end of the day, it's a great career and you get to meet a lot of great people, but financially, it, it can be a strain um, overall. So I think you've probably done a, a pretty good job to move into the right direction because you still need to, you know, <laughs> feed yourself. You need to put food on the table. That's right. Despite some difficulties, Pasco purchased his first house at the age of 21. I studied uh, IT for a short period. Um, that was another uh, learning curve for me, realising that that wasn't what I wanted to be doing, uh, stuck in front of a computer all day. I loved being out uh, outdoors or out um, doing 
physical things. Um, so I tried a few other things, um, short-term jobs, um, labouring for builders, um, night fill at a supermarket, a few a few random jobs just to to get by in your in your early twenties. You try a few different things uh, to see what fits, but. Shortly after that, I think around the age of 21, I decided to purchase my own house. And when all the all the friends were off buying, you know, fast cars and and boats and all the toys that the uh, you know early 20 year olds buy, I luckily had some a small amount of common sense there. I won't say I had a lot back then, but um, you had way, some common sense. You're way above the rest, I can tell you that. <laughs> and uh, decided to, to buy my, my first property. Um, and with, with a, a bit of help from my father and, and a push in the right direction, um, I ended up buying a little three-bedroom brick house uh, in Bundaberg, which is not far from Childers, where I grew up. And... Um, yeah, it, it was very run down, and uh, but you know, on the affordable side of things, and that was all, all that mattered to me that I could get my foot in the door in the real estate market and go from there. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, it's it's really interesting because I think um, when people are young, you know, they think, okay, let's travel, let's buy all the things that we can when we're younger, and don't worry about the future. But um, the day will come when we realize, oh, great, we need to get our own home. And by then, it's what, 10, exactly. 12 years, 15 down, years down the track when yeah. we start earlier. So, it's great that you did start young, you know, and, and as you said, um, it was a bit of influence from your parents. You, you mentioned yeah. actually at the beginning, um, parents and, and family and stuff were all in real estate. Tell me a little bit more about that and, and yeah, you're growing up behind it. Yeah, so I guess uh, on the um, influence side of things for real estate, my my father was the the one who suggested to me uh, to renovate the the first house I bought, um, and shortly after that, also I read uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad and Steve McKnight's Zero to One Thirty, and all the pieces of the puzzle seemed to to come together finally, and and uh, it all made sense from a very young age, which was great. Um, it, it lit a fire inside me, I think for um, what could be achieved in life and and in wealth creation and really got me excited and passionate about about the, the future and what I wanted to do. Fantastic. It's, it's really interesting and inspiring to hear that because I think it's just getting into the right frame. Like a lot of children, unfortunately, grow up going to school, learning that, you know, go get good grades, go to university and then just go out for a job. But if you've got a foundation where your parents are able to sort of have some interest in real estate or even just give you a book that would inspire you, like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I think it really helps them set up the future for a lot of great things to come because it's not taught in school, unfortunately, these things. That's right. That's right. And I I really think um, things around money and financial um, well-being should be, should be taught in schools. But Unfortunately, it's not. Pasco bought and renovated his first house with the help of his father and low-doc loans. Back then, um, I don't know if you recall, but low-doc loans were, were still around back back when I purchased. So, I didn't have full-time employment. Um, I had a um, small amount of money saved up for a deposit and I didn't need a, a large loan to, to buy the property uh, due to the affordable um price range that, that houses were back then especially in Bundaberg you know it'd be unheard of um, to be 
finding properties in a major regional centre now for those those sort of prices. But um, so yeah, got I got the finance um, and basically from day one started to renovate the property. I, I still remember the day my my father came in with a box of tiles and and uh, we pulled up the old carpet and he said, "This is how you lay a tile. Put the first tile down." And left me there with the the tiles and the glue and and said, "Take it away. It's all yours." So, so pretty much you're pretty hands on from the first get go. Actually, you know. Yeah, and I think I think it was good to to learn that way because it helped me understand how all the different trades um, worked and, and understood what was involved. So, you know, fast forward to today where I I use all tradesmen to do the work and I just project manage it. It has helped me to understand each trade and and um, really get a a good uh, hold on on how to to renovate a property. Yeah, definitely. It's a skill that really can't just be read in a textbook. You have to actually do That's it right. to learn and then you know actually be involved in the process to understand yeah. how to manage. It's it's I think it's a lot to do with project management. A lot of times you can't manage something unless you've actually done it too as well. That's right. Coming up after the break, we'll delve into how Rod Pascoe and family grew their portfolio. After selling that property, I, um, I went out and purchased uh, two investment properties, which I still own today. Um, and I just hold them as long-term buy and hold and they're, they're both um, positive cash flow properties. Some of the challenges he faced along the way. I purchased a property um, in Bundaberg to, to renovate. Um, and I don't know if you know, but Bundaberg's had some, some flooding in recent years. His aha moment that led him into a path of joint venturing. An aha moment for me and opened my mind up to the possibilities of joint venturing and and um, and and doing the, the deals where you get in and out um, as quick as possible and take the profit. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Sharm and you're listening to Property Investory. Pascoe kept the ball rolling by purchasing and selling properties. A little bit of luck and uh, I guess um, a lot of hard work and I, I turned a good profit from that, that property. Um, it was a good launching pad to, to then take my career further. Um, so after selling that property, I, um, I went out and purchased uh, two investment properties which I still own today. Um, and I just hold them as long-term buy and hold, and they're they're both um, positive cash flow properties. Um, and really, it was a, it was a base to to grow from there. Um, I then got inspired by, as I mentioned, the the Steve McKnight book, Zero to One Thirty. Um, positive cash flow properties was just a huge eye opener to me on on real estate. I I never thought that kind of thing was was possible so i became focused on just positive cash flow properties and i guess increasing the value of the property to achieve more rent um but fast forward today and, and I've, I've flipped it all on its head i i um really believe that 
Um, the cash flow side of things comes later when you're, I guess, ready to to uh, retire or or to to hang up the boots from from the the property side of thing. Um, so now I'm more active and um, in, instead of a, a passive investment, I'll um, look to do active strategies like renovation, subdivision. Um, and look, if it is positive cash flow um, and it, it's in a good area, I, I still look to, to hold it, but mainly focus on the, the value add and, and uh, flip the property and move it on. Definitely. So getting your cash out back quickly so that way you can reinvest right. it into something else which will keep churning, or not churning, but generating more, more cash for you or so that way you can reinvest it quickly as well. Exactly. I, um, I heard a good quote um, a while ago that, you know, why would you sit on a property, for example, for five years uh, to achieve um, a passive income of maybe $50,000 over that five years uh, when you could achieve $50,000 profit in the space of six months, repeat the process um, a few times in that financial year and um, really leverage that money again and again uh, to grow a lot faster. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And that's, that's I guess, the capital growth or not capital growth, capital uh, adding value. I don't know what the word is. It's not equity, yeah. but just cash. Cash. Um, In- increasing um, the the capital value of the of the property. Um, and it, it's a no brainer for me now to to get in and out of a deal as fast as possible. Um, you know, it, it eliminates a lot of risk. Uh, and due to being um, do, doing a lot of JVs now, joint ventures with other people. Um, most people want their money back as as quick as possible, as you can imagine. So, to be sitting in a deal for too long doesn't doesn't make sense when you when you're doing joint ventures. No, of course, and I think that's the thing. If you're able to get money, that's the good thing. But people want it back quickly, so that way they can be assured and be confident that you know the money hasn't been sort of lost over eighteen months instead of say six months. That's correct, and and also you leave leave a lot more up to to chance if the longer you sit in in the market you know there's a lot of um, uncertainties that could happen uh, the market could drop and the profit that was originally uh, forecast to be there is, isn't going to be there in the end from the young age of 21 till now he has managed to accomplish 20 deals last time i sat down to to work it out i think it was it was close to 20 20 deals now that I've, I've done um, and they're a mixture of renovations and, and subdivisions um, and I'm finding the subdivisions, if you um, include a renovation with that, um, that seems to be the ultimate uh, strategy for me uh, right now. So you've got a lot, lot more exit strategies instead of just renovating a property and selling the house, you've got the option to to split a um, a piece of land off the side of it, sell the land off, um, keep the house, possibly pay down the loan on the house, and have a have a um, positive cash flow property, or sell both and cash up. And and yeah, take the cash. However, Pasco's journey hasn't always been smooth sailing. I purchased a property um, 
in Bundaberg to to renovate. Um, and I don't know if you know, but Bundaberg's had some, some flooding in recent years. Um, I think the last one was 2013. It was a, a one in a hundred year flood, but I did all the all the things right, checked the flood maps. Um, they came back as uh, flood flood waters were nowhere near the property that I had under contract. I thought, great, that's that's good news. Um, I was two months into the the renovation, had a new kitchen put in, uh, had the bathroom tiled. Um, so I was I was well underway, and the property was starting to look really good. Um, and shortly after, uh, around Christmas time, uh, I was away enjoying time with my family and friends and I heard on the news Bundaberg's having a one in a hundred year flood and half the town has gone underwater. So I just remember seeing the news and feeling so helpless being so far away. Um, I was down in New South Wales at the time um, and they've shown some footage of uh, the area where my house was and all you could see was a few house roofs but you know most of the 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 city was underwater in that area so i um yeah i I drove back up a few days later uh, to see the the damage and assess where i was at um I, i remember going over the bridge and it just looked like a war zone um you know there was SES and fire brigade and roads blocked off and it, just mud covering everything. Um, so I slowly made my way down down the street where my property was, and I've uh, either side of me I've seen houses washed away. Um, I remember seeing a, a whole house washed away, and all that was left was a toilet still bolted to the concrete slab. Uh, just this image that it's implanted in my mind now. So um, lots of heartache, you know, like you really, really feel for the locals that that were in the area as well. Um, but luckily I drove up to my property and it was standing there. There was – it was like a, a – I, I don't know if you'd say a diamond in the rough, but – it was just amazing to see this house standing there in the middle of a, you know, vacant lots where houses had been washed away. So I know in that moment I'll be thinking, "Gosh, this is opportunity here." Yeah, <laughs> not not to make it sound like you know harsh or anything like that, but yeah, gosh, if you've got well, understanding, it's like wow. That's right. It was definitely built built well. Uh, the the concrete footings that it was on, I I think they um they really had those sunk deep into the the ground on that property but um look to, to cut a long story short there was some minor damage about an inch of water went through uh, so i had to replace some flooring and and some parts of the kitchen but um we got there in the end the property came up really well um i managed to still turn a slight profit off that property which was very surprising um and all in all, it was a good, a good uh, learning experience. Luckily for Pasco, his insurance covered the damages. 
I had part part insurance cover on that property. Um, obviously, because it wasn't fully damaged, the the assessor came through and, and just um, covered the things that were damaged. So, um, so out of that experience, um, I guess it's very fortunate that the house was still standing and you could renovate and so forth. But were there more opportunities around there after the flood that you know you could have picked up some more other type of properties there, or did you just move on from that particular? Yeah, well, that's right. I. I saw it as a, a way to, um, to I guess, help the local area out because uh, business and, and trades were suffering um, up until that point. Um, and, you know, it, it's it's a sad event, but I think the, the economy, the local economy did really well um, out of it due to the amount of work that was required to rebuild that, that part of the city. So, um we we did see a, a nice spike in prices um, around that time, and I I capitalised on the on the event, so turned a negative into a positive, and um, ended up buying a, a number of properties. Um, you know, over the I think the space of a year and a half, two years, and um, renovating them and, and turning them over. His worst moments in property investment helped him gain experience for the future. I purchased a property um, up in Mackay uh, right before the, the previous mining boom. So, did really well, bought it at a, at a great price, um, did a renovation on the property um, and decided to rent the property out. The, the agent said, look, the, the market's booming but rent uh, is also going up due to the the mining boom that was happening at the time. Um, so I think my initial rent on the property before renovation was two hundred dollars a week, and by the time I finished the renovation and the market had moved uh, in my favour, I think I was getting close to four hundred dollars a week, uh, almost doubling the rent on that particular property. Um, so I had the option to. To either sell the property for a profit, uh, as I intended to do initially, um, or keep it for the cash flow, and I um, I chose the latter and decided to keep it as a as a positive cash flow property, um, which was another lesson learnt that uh, the the market shortly after that turned for for the worse, and um, Mackay, as a lot of your listeners might know, is has been on the bottom of the market for a long time now. Um, so that also ingrained into me the the point I made earlier about getting in, getting out and taking your profit um, because if I had chose to, to sell that property at that particular time, I would have made a good profit, uh, good profit and um, would have been able to move on and, and roll that that profit into other deals. Ah, oh, okay, gotcha. So, do you think any of the rental has covered the amount of profit you could have potentially made, or was it at the moment still just neutral? Yeah, look, it, at the moment it's neutral, but uh, back then it was obviously um, heavily positive uh, cash flow. Um, so, yeah, look, that that one's going to be a buy and hold, I think, um, as a long term investment, and wait for the market to come back, which. There are really good signs up there at the moment that the Mackay market has turned for the better. So, 
we'll wait and see. And um, and and I think it's uh, all positive up there at the moment. Pasco's aha moment led him into a path of joint venturing. About a year ago, I I um, went through. I don't know if a lot of your listeners will know Matt Jones from Property Resource Shop, and I went through his joint venture um, workshop and course, and I think just hearing a lot about the deals that were happening um, from within that community really, really was an aha moment for me and opened my mind up to the possibilities of joint venturing and and um, and and doing the the deals where you get in and out um, as quick as possible and take the profit. Um, I was doing joint ventures before that, but his, uh, his program and his course really, I guess he's put it together in a way that, that really um, makes it easy and, and um, uh, efficient for people to learn and, and benefit from, uh, which you know, I'm I'm forever grateful that he involved me on, on that weekend and and and, uh, and and showed me what was possible. That's excellent. I, I think um, being part of great communities like this really help us sort of connect with people. And um, you never know the opportunity could come up to help you um, meet the right joint venture partners or even more of them to you know on your journey to achieve what you want to achieve as well too. And especially yeah. with your skill set, knowing how to renovate and also subdivide, I think it's an amazing thing to know and have. So, you mentioned the aha moment was to actually meet the people there. Is that what you mean? Or the joint ventures that you could do there? I, I think the whole thing was an aha moment where, where just seeing the deals that were being done and the um, the way they went into joint ventures and, and structured them, that was a, a big aha, <coughs> excuse me, aha moment for me. So inspired by Rod Pascoe's journey and his amazing aha moment, we'll keep the conversation going in a future episode of Property Investory where we'll discuss his strategy. I really believe um, in, in networking and and um, having a good team around you to start with. Um, and I guess the, the years of being in the game has given me some, um, some really good contacts with agents and uh, trades and you know, industry um, players that can fast track your your progress the personal habits which have contributed to his success i think um healthy eating and um and exercise it it's the basis of um of of everything um you know if you've got a healthy mind and and body then everything else will flow from there and that's next time in a future episode of property investory To jumpstart your week, here's Mindset Monday where our real success in property isn't knowledge and skill, it's 70% psychology and mindset. Here's this week's mindset tip from wealth coach Jill McIntyre. When we have a problem or stopper as you call it Jill, how proactive are we in finding a solution? (laughs) I'm sorry Tyron, I'm I'm smiling at that one because we're usually not very proactive at all. We usually work on the problem. We manifest more of the problem and what starts off with a pinprick just absolutely explodes to something that we can't get over it. So coming back to I haven't got time, I haven't got enough knowledge, I haven't got enough money, they're all stoppers. Mm -hmm. But have you ever thought about how you can find the solution 
that's going to come up with an answer. I love um, Albert Einstein's quote, and, and it goes something like, if I had an hour to solve a problem, I'd spend the first 55 minutes on the problem. <laughs> but once I found a solution, it would only take me five minutes to move forward. So when you are listening to this point that we're just making here, um, stop and think when you move on with the rest of your day, how good are you at moving forward and finding solutions? Out of every negative, you've got to find a positive. There's got to be a way and at moving once again out of your own comfort zone. This is a mindset shift I'm talking about and there's always a way, so move forward with it. If you need help, more often than not, you've been accumulating negative thinkings and patterns we all do from birth. And it might start from being bullied in the um, playground, for example. And that feeling and emotion keeps on coming up when you move forward of a rejection, say, for example. So I can't haggle and I can't move forward with an agent where I've got to put in a really 20% under offer into a property because he might laugh at me. And we stop before we start. So find the solution to that and laugh back at the agent. And it might sound funny, but the more that you can empower your thinking to move past what's been stopping you, you'll feel an energy and excitement that you've never enjoyed before. So take that with you today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.